everyone needs a place where they can be free. Free to laugh, free to cry, free to question, free to fear, free to be. This is that place. Hello everyone, I'm your host Kelly, and this is the Free To Be Podcast. So come on and join me for a cup of coffee as we sit back and chat and just have some real honest conversation. Well, today I'm joined by my good friend, producer, and occasional co-host, Stacy. What's up, guys? <laughs> so, to be honest, this is my very first, very first podcast. It's terrifying, right? huh? It's terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, I- I'm definitely terrified. But having a good friend help me out, and she's been doing a podcast, so we're good. We're good. That's all good. <laughs> we're good. All right. Um, but I mean, the, the important thing is that we're kind of just really kind of starting this conversation, right? Starting to talk about things that need to be talked about, you know? And I think that it's just so important to have a platform that we can do that because we just don't. There's so many places that we don't have that. So um, I don't know. I, I guess I put out a question to my listeners, like how many of y'all approach things, especially in 2020, right? With the whole mentality of like, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know I do that all the time. For sure. It's like you put your head in the ground, like an ostrich. Like, uh, if I can't see it, nothing's going wrong. Right. (laughs) Right. Just put the blinders on. Right. But I mean, is that really true? No. No. (laughs) It's a great thought. (laughs) So, I mean, Let's just kind of take a step back for a second and just look and think like how society be society used to be, right? I mean, when I think back as a kid, one of my favorite books was Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel that so many kids' favorite was Little House on the Prairie. There was such such a wholesomeness to it and such an awesome Um, concept of just having people come together and like in a simplistic world, they all live together. They all commune together. They worked together. They gathered together. They were there for each other through everything. Like, yeah, these were people that, I mean, they lived with, it was basically a small family. Yeah. Or really a large family um, in this small town. Right. So, I mean, people helped with their medical issues. They helped with the dying in their town and the needy. And that was just a way of life. And for that to be something that people are really drawn to really shows us that there's a desire in our heart for that. You know, that there's something missing. Yeah. Like for community. Right. Yeah. Right. And that people just see that as, wow, like that's awesome. You know, and everyone, even like, I know the holidays are coming up. And so like on Hallmark movies, everyone's like, oh, this small town feel like (laughs) it's so dreamy. And it really is. But really, people are wanting that community. I mean, in all of those movies, right, they show these small little towns that are so tight knit and the mayor's best friends with the coffee, you know, the coffee shop owner, which like doesn't really happen. But that's what people crave. Right. And that's people's expectations. But, like, you compare that to, like, reality. (laughs) I mean, what's our reality? Right? I mean, generally speaking, our reality is we go to work. We come home. Mm -hmm. Most years, not in 2020. Most people are working from home. But when we come home, we kind of 
open our garage, pull in, close it real quick before anyone sees us. If they do, we have to give our little wave and kind of go from there, right? So, I mean, even, even... Going outside to get your mail sometimes can spike anxiety in people because they might see their neighbors. Right. Might have to actually (laughs) talk to somebody else. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, I think that um, something that our family has really, really tried to do is to kind of erase some of that a little bit. And I know that that's just in our heart to reach out to our neighbors and to kind of just be a part of our community, even our neighborhood, you know, our Mm -hmm. small little subdivision and our small little cul-de-sac that we live in. Um, I mean, we've even times, gosh, we've only lived here two years, but there's been times that we are like, well, I mean, should we look for a house somewhere else? Should we not? But we really call, we really just feel called to be here. Um, But one of the things that we decided to do because we had like natural community happening during quarantine because we all needed some sort of socialization. Right. Yeah. Right. So like our kids would play outside with each other and, and things like that. It's probably against quarantine rules, but good Lord, you know, <laughs> I mean, how do you tell your three-year-old and your five-year-old that, you know, their friends are playing out in their front yard and you can't join them? Yeah. Right? Don't get me started on <laughs> quarantine rules. <laughs> so this kind of spurred from that, but we decided that we were like, gosh, everyone's kind of gathering our house and our driveway because we are in the center of our cul-de-sac. And we're like, we're going to build a sectional couch on our front porch. Nice. And we did. And literally the first day it was like ready to go. We had people on it. That's awesome. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. That's just cool. It's just cool to see that we are trying to really get that sense of community back, even in our small little cul-de-sac. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember even during the quarantine time, like, y'all neighborhood would get, like, food trucks or, like, order in and be like, okay, I know we can't eat together, but let's eat together in our driveways and stuff like that. Like, that's pretty awesome, you know? And didn't your neighborhood do, like, those porch photos also? They did. It was the coolest thing. Um, We had, there's, I don't even know. I think someone had posted, like, hey, this is a cool idea. And we have a photographer in our neighborhood. And she was like, hey, I'll be willing to do it. Um, And it was really awesome. So people just basically put on that post that they wanted to be a part of it. And people got outside of their house on their porch. And we did porch photos of families in quarantine and it was awesome. really cool that's cool it was yeah. a really cool thing and they look great they're great yeah photos. they were awesome <laughs> they're memories that's yep. for sure <laughs> but even like you know speaking of the social media you know i mean right. we, we tend to live our lives on social media and even during quarantine i feel that a lot of people live their lives on social media because that was kind of all we had right yeah um and so with that i mean you get into this comparison game and you get into the you know comparing everyone's highlight reel essentially to your real life you know and we get kind of caught up in the well wow they're super happy right you know and i'm not that happy right or wow they're just the most awesome parent look how you know look all the crafts that they're doing with their kids like i could never do that or i don't ever do that or i barely am making it throughout the day let alone putting together 2500 pinterest crafts right (laughs) so we have this huge comparison with that and i feel that um that comparison game it just gets us stuck yeah for sure it is I was 
I was just doing that yesterday. Where I was like, nope. And but it was community that helped get me back out of it a little bit. Like right. I knew the reality of the situation in my head, but I also was choosing not to believe that. And it took my friend to be like, A, you're not that young anymore. B, she's a college at like putting these things out to kind of get me back in alignment. Yeah. Where I may have stayed in my like pity party a little bit longer had I not reached right. out, you know, but Exactly. Yeah. Gotta put things back into perspective. <laughs> so basically we kinda get into this comparison thing and we compare even how we look right? We compare how we process things, how we're dealing with issues that are given to us. And we all, like, we tend to assume that no one else is going through these things, right? And um, we basically conclude through all of our social media research that we are the only ones dealing with these things. And we come to that conclusion, obviously, falsely. Right, yeah. And, but we really very rarely know what's going on in other people's lives, right? So we assume all of these things, but what we don't see, what we don't see are the separations. We don't see the addictions. We don't see the infertility, the infant loss, the countless miscarriages. We really don't hear about like the anxiety or the postpartum depression. And then what happens is we, we don't hear about these things, right? And so we just assume everyone's living these happy lives, that our life is horrible because we are dealing with these things. And then things happen like, you know, Tony and Susan get a divorce and we're like, what? I never saw that coming. Yeah, I never saw that coming. Yeah. Or, you know, then someone commits suicide. Like, how many pastors in the last couple of years have we seen commit suicide? And people are just... What? I had no clue. Right. (laughs) It's all of these things are happening and people are, you know, finding themselves in addictions. And then all of a sudden, basically the bottom drops out or it totally explodes. And that's when people see and notice. Right. It's like, why don't you take time to ask about people and care about people before Mm -hmm. it was too late? Exactly. And I think even some of the thing that people tend to get wrapped up in is, oh, well, they should have reached out. That's their responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) And, but really it's like, isn't the responsibility on all of us? Right. Like, yes, it is my responsibility if I'm struggling with something to try and reach out. But guess what? I've struggled with a heck of a lot of these things and it's not easy to reach out. Right. Because you're like deep in this pit. Right. And you're like, I don't know. I've tried to climb out. I've tried. I've and maybe people aren't helping out. Like, that's happened to me where mm-hmm. I'll reach out to people and they're kind of like, sorry, I don't want to deal with that. Which puts you deeper into the pit. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, I just won't reach out anymore. Right. Like, and then you get stuck in addiction and you get stuck in. Yeah, it's really tough. And then you start questioning, like, well, why don't people care about me? Like, that happens to me all the time. Just because I feel like lies. I'm always the one reaching out. Yeah. And. I have even found, someone actually even told me, like, I've never actually thought about checking on you because you, you seem to always have it together. Like, you're always checking on people. And I'm right. like, uh, nope, I'm falling apart. Like, right. you know? Yeah, exactly. And we're like, I'm falling apart, but I'm doing my part still in the community of people yes. to reach out to other people because that's really what sh- we should be doing as a community. Yeah, right? for sure. And I mean, it's interesting because, you know, when these things happen, when the bottoms fall out, when, you know, um, 
when people get divorced or all of a sudden we hear like a mom's left her family or something, we're so quick to judge mm-hmm. and be like, oh, well, they just couldn't handle it. Or, oh, well, you know, they just figured that the grass was greener or, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's like, man, you're there to judge, but you weren't there to help. Right. We have no clue. Like, well, what if her husband was beating the crap out of her, you know? Right. Or yeah. what if she had such horrible postpartum depression and anxiety that she was thinking about suicide consistently and she didn't want her kids to find her? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, these are serious yeah. things. And I know that it For sure. sometimes sounds like gruesome to talk about, but it's reality. It's reality. And it's, it's such a truth that, I mean, I've had... You know, even friends or family members who have taken their own life. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, their friends find them. Or, you know, one of my good friends, his dad took his own life and his daughter found him when she came home from school. Gosh, I can't imagine that. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, and, and so many people in that time, I even specifically remember that time, they were like, gosh, he was so selfish to do that. And yes, we can see that that's a selfish thing. I like, I can see that people feel that that's a selfish thing. But in order to be at that point, man, he really, he really felt that he had no way out. Yeah. Yeah. Like thinking about it at that point, like when you get to that point to feel that this is your best option is to take your own life. And we're not talking about like a teenager who's, you know, been bullied and doesn't quite have the understanding of the finality of suicide. Yeah. We're talking about like grown adults in their fifties. Right. Who are saying, this is my only escape. And this is the only way to attack or to get rid of these demons in my life, you know? Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It is. And so um, I think that one of the, the ways that we need to try and combat it a little bit is to really realize that, first of all, it starts with us. Like, what are the lies that we're believing about reaching out to people? Because that, that can be a part of our responsibility, right? Is to reach yeah. out. So, like, what are some of the lies? I know for me, sometimes it'd be, like, fear of judgment. You know? And be mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm probably the only person dealing with this, right? Yeah, for sure. So, I don't want to be judged about it. So, I'm not going to admit that I'm dealing with it. And then you just kind of shut up and keep quiet about it, right? Right. So, like, one of my um, really good friends, Brittany Peak. Shout out, Brittany. She um, actually posted like last week, this post. And the post really hit me hard. And it didn't hit me hard necessarily because of the content of the post, um, which she basically was just kind of talking about how she gets so angry at times and the littlest things like just set her off, like a chair could be out of the way. And she's just like, oh my gosh, you know, just boiling up in this anger. And she hates then afterwards that her kids have seen her angry or she's yelled at her kids or anything like that. And I mean, that was like, I've been there, done that. But what really got me is, I mean, there was over 50 comments on this post, kind of like, me too. Thank you for posting that. I've been there. And then her response to that is what really got me. Her response was, wow, guys, I am so overwhelmed in a good way by the response to this. I sat here for an hour typing out and deleting this post before I actually had the guts to hit post and post it because of the fear of judgment. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, man, the enemy does such a good job 
at lying to us with that, right? It's insane. Yeah. It's like if he can keep us blinded and believing like one sliver of of this, mm-hmm. then he's got us, right? Like like the enemy can't come up with new things. So like he exactly. takes truth and he twists it slightly, you know? Right. So it's like, yeah, people might judge you, but it's the truth of that is it's just being vulnerable. Right. And growing in our level of vulnerability with each other and Exactly. And I think there's something to be said though about like not and that might be that's a different situation like what your friend did, but I feel like a lie is that I have believed is I have to tell everybody everything. Right. You know, like if I, I if I'm going to share this, I'm going to have to share it with everybody mm-hmm. and everyone's going to eventually find out. And it's like, no, it's not true. Like you got to find your people. Right. Like you got to find your core people that you trust. Yeah. And then like I have very few people that know pretty much everything about me right. that I know I can call and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. Right. And it's that safe place knowing like, okay, if I tell you the whole world's not about to find out, you know? Right. Right. It's not necessarily you're announcing it, you know, on social media or. Right. (laughs) Hey guys, guess what? Telling the town crier. (laughs) (laughs) But that's been something that held me back for a long time. And honestly, like I've been hurt a lot in the past, even by people that I thought I trusted. Right. And so for me, it's, I've really had to work on. Okay, I'm not like I'm not necessarily trusting you, Kelly. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah, that's to, really good to guide me and to give me advice or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like if I trust Holy Spirit and you have Holy Spirit in you, I'm gonna trust Holy Spirit yeah. and and go there. You know, so. for sure, for sure. So this is something interesting actually that I had read about recently, and I was like, oh my goodness. Like this, it was just such an amazing parallel to me. So have you ever heard of John Boyd? Yeah. Okay. So he's a U.S. Air Force fighter pilot. Yep. Was. Okay. He was a military strategist, right? So he was known for creating military strategy that has won us countless of wars and conflicts, right? Time Magazine actually did an article in uh, 2011. The article was written by Thomas Barnett, and he was talking about these strategies, okay? So the three strategies that John Boyd wrote out for his playbook on how to defeat the enemy is disconnecting your enemy, isolating them, and disempowering them. Huh. Wow. So this is from the article, right? And so it says, this is straight out of American strategist John Boy's playbook. You beat your enemy by isolating him, denying him allies, keeping him in the dark, and bit by bit wearing down his energy. Wow. Interaction permits vitality and growth, while isolation leads to decay and disintegration. Mic drop. Right? Okay. I'm, well, I won't actually drop these mics no, because don't they're drop yours. This mic. yeah. But <laughs> I'm going to read that again, though. Interaction permits vitality and growth, while isolation leads to decay and disintegration. So, I mean, honestly, no matter who you are, this should speak to you, right? Whether yeah. you're, like, the conspiracy theorist and you think that everyone's against us, whether you're, like, really into politics and you're thinking, like, big government wants to take over, we need little government, or vice versa. If you are, you know, religious and you believe in spiritual warfare, no matter where you are on the grid, mm-hmm. you need to realize this should speak volumes to you. We are under attack. Yeah. Period. Plain and simple. Mentally, we're even if even if our biggest enemy is ourselves, which is really the enemy, but right, not everyone believes that, and that's fine. Right, if your biggest 
enemy is your own mind, like you're under attack. Yeah. So I like we need to kind of rally together as a people and as, you know, humans and just combat this. Yeah. I mean, there there's ways to do that, right? Yeah. So like we said, you know, being not believing those lies and being vulnerable, that's obviously a huge a huge thing, right? Opening up, talking about these things. Um, you know, not everyone's life is perfect, right? I don't think I know of a single person whose life is perfect. Well, there you go, right? Like, no one's life is no perfect. No one's life is perfect. It's so easy to think and, you know, just be like, oh, everyone, every, you know, everyone else has X, Y, Z and I don't. But we just really need to stop that mentality of thinking that the grass is greener. You know, if you really think the grass is greener somewhere else, what should you be doing? Watering, watering your, own your own grass, lawn, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, honestly, if you're like, my neighbor's grass is so much greener, it's probably AstroTurf. It's just like fake anyways, <laughs> right? I mean, it's definitely a facade, right? Yeah. It's not going to be real. Yeah. So, I mean, this is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast is because there's not enough places to really have these discussions and to yeah. be open and talking about these things, yeah. right? It's like um, a friend of mine... He used to say this all the time. I'm sure he still does. But um, he used to say, you know, people, especially like believers or, or Christians, a lot of times will have marked up Bibles but messed up lives. Oh, you that's know? good. Like, like that's so good. Like they put on this facade and yeah. they're like, oh, I'm going to highlight this in my Bible and I'm going to take these notes at church and this and this and this. But they don't apply any of that. It's right. that same concept of like, I'm going to water my grass. But so their Bibles are marked up like crazy. But lives are messed up. And it's like, what do we do as believers? Right. As humans. Yeah. To help fix that life. You know, like, I don't know. It, I mean, it challenges me. I He told me that the first time probably 10 years ago. And I'm still like, right. okay, like messed up Bible or marked up Bibles with messed up lives. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, really, I think I just kind of implore people to try and find a community, you know, like find your people, whether that is, you know, through your kids' school PTO or their baseball team or PTO or PTA. PTA. Well, our school calls it PTO. Oh, is it I PTA just, now? I just think <laughs> I grew up with a PTA, like paid time off. We get paid time oh, off. Paid time blah, blah. Blah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. That is not what this conversation is about. But, <laughs> but you know, the... Yeah, just, you know, whatever place that is. I mean, and some people find it in their church and some people don't find it in their church. And frankly, we went through years of going to several different churches and not having a true sense of community until just the last couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, so, so not even every church really gives you a place that you can feel safe to have a true sense of community. And honestly... This is going to get a lot of pushback, but if your church, if you cannot find community community within your church, you need to be finding a different church. Absolutely. Because, and it's not your church's responsibility to provide community, but the people within the church should be open enough to community that if you're also seeking it out, right, that it would happen. Because right. if you're knocking on these doors and trying to push, you know, community and being a part of things and you're getting the cold shoulder... Right. These aren't people that you're wanting to do life with anyways. Exactly. And, I mean, you think about it biblically, the church is not a building. Exactly. Like, the church is community. Exactly. That is what, 
were called to do. That's what it was in the you know back in the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. It's like if you mm, get to walk in, find a new one. Seriously. <laughs> so I mean, I'm really hoping that even if there's people that don't have a place, or like even this could be a good starting point. You know, I mean, this really shouldn't be people's only community, but this can be a community and a good starting point to just kind of start having those conversations. You know, we're gonna be posting some things about the podcast like up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and stuff, and that's gonna be a really awesome place just to mm-hmm. kind of have some of these conversations mm-hmm. and you know just kind of get the dialogue started and, you know, realizing that, hey, this is a place that I can be safe and real and not being judged. Right. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you this question really fast. It just came to my mind. We we're sitting here talking about community. Yeah. What what's your definition of community? Like, how do you define that? Because I know. Right. For a long time when I heard community. And I would see what other people's community looked like. I'm like, oh, they're always doing this together. They're always doing this Mm, together, this, this, mm -hmm. and this. But it's like, what if you don't hang out every day? You know, like, I don't know. How do you, how do you define it? Because I I feel like it's different. It's become different now for me. Even, you know, like with you, like, we've got your garage code. Like, I come hang out. Like, (laughs) we're doing life, you know. But at the same time, I'm still in community with people who maybe I go to lunch with once a month or right. this or that. So, like, how would you define community in case people are like, uh, that sounds great, but what is it? Right. No, that's so good. Like, I think that there's some different levels of community, just like different levels of friendships, right? I mean, I've always been a person that, you know, I don't have countless amount of friends that I confide in. Like, you should kind of have an inner circle of people that you're confiding in and being vulnerable with. Like you Mm -hmm. said before, you don't need to, like, announce your issues to everybody. Um, But there needs to be a core group of people. And they don't even have to be in the same circle, to be honest. That's good. But um, I feel that there's kind of a couple levels to that. So I think that you need people to rally around you. Um, They're going to be there to not necessarily, like, oh, yeah, like, we're inseparable. We have this clique of people that is closed off and no one else can enter, but more so like people who are going to be dropping everything if you need it. People who are going to be making you meals if you have a baby or people who are going to be coming over if you have surgery and are on bed rest (laughs) for six to eight weeks, right? Um, But having those people and the people that did that with you, they were from all different areas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just one group of people. Right. But then I think it goes even to a deeper level with that. Right. So it goes to a deeper level of being like, okay, well, I have people that I can confide in and I have people like that all over the country. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a small group of girlfriends that um, we kind of get together. We try to get together about once a year or so, but we also have a text group together. Like they were actually just texting me this morning and We met in, you know, like master's commission several years ago, which for those of you don't know, is kind of like a Bible college slash internship. But um, we met there years and years ago and reconnected. And it was definitely a God thing. Um, But there are people that I can literally at any point, we're not hanging out. I have one girl lives in Birmingham. You know, another one lives in Iowa and another one lives in Minnesota. So we're not hanging out every day. Right. But there are people that at any point of my life day, I can get on that text thread and be like, I'm needing prayer today or I'm having a rough day. And they Mm -hmm. know the questions to ask. They know the way to pray for me. They know that like... They know what to do. And even just knowing that people have your back like that, and even as believers, especially knowing that I have people who are warring for me right now because this is a spiritual battle, that is so empowering. Yeah. 
It's good. And just knowing that people are there to totally have your back and just be like, hey, I'm fighting. I'm fighting with you. And I agree to fight with you. And, you know, we kind of, you know, we set that up and kind of had that conversation with a small group of group of us being like, hey, you know what? We just went on a girl's trip together. And this is how it started. We're like, we just want to have fun, have a girl's trip. And man, did the Lord just open up so much opportunity for us to share some real raw and vulnerable things that we had been going through that we hadn't told anybody. That's awesome. And so you don't need like some major aha moment for that, right? Right. I mean... You and I, we went on a mission trip together and right. it just kind of happened where it was like, okay, you find those kind of soul and heart connections with people that, you know, I can trust this person. They're yep. not going to judge me and they're going to fight with me. Right. Um, but, you know, the only way to get to that point is to really kind of start being vulnerable with some people. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you get hurt. It's, it's not good. always going to be a safe place. It's true. So I think you try it. Yes. And then you you make it hurt, whatever. Yeah, I think that hits it you hit it on the point where it's like it's more than just hanging out yeah. and having fun. Right. Like community is I'm going to go in the trenches with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, that's good. Thank you for joining me today. And as I said before, the heart behind this podcast is really to create a place for real conversation and discussion. So if you've enjoyed this discussion, I urge you to go ahead, hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified of more discussions that I post. And I invite you to join me on this journey as we discover together what it really looks like to be free.